Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. I'll be sitting down with some phenomenal women to discuss love. I believe we grew distant out of love of some type. Like, yeah. I don't want to hurt you. Loss. Really don't know what's going to trigger that feeling of right. grief in any moment. And a topic very important to my work self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today I have an in-studio guest and she is the owner of the Spice Suite in DC and has a very amazing, awesome, mind-blowing journey. Her story is extremely uplifting and encouraging. I'm very excited to share a bit of it with you. She went from assistant principal to entrepreneur in less than two months. This is Angel's story. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. So today we have a guest in the studio, and I'm so excited to have her. I'm going to let her introduce herself because we normally don't have in-studio guests. We normally Skype our guests in. So this is very fun for me to be sitting across from someone and having this conversation. Guest, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, guys. My name is Angel, and I am a Spice Girl. I own the Spice Suite, which is a spice shop in Northwest D.C., and I am living this new dream every day and evolving every day. So if you ask me who I am tomorrow, it might be something different than I am today. But today I'm a Spice Girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Angel, for being here. I'm so Absolutely. honored to be having this conversation with you. I've been wanting to chat with you for a while, not only about entrepreneurship, but motherhood, wife yeah. life, and everything else in between. Um, on our walk over, though, yep. we were starting to have a conversation <laughs> and I was just like, let me just reel it in and wait until I get her in front of them mic but can you tell us how your journey to entrepreneurship specifically a spice shop came to be because spice suite is what two years old two and a half now and you're here and it's flourishing and wonderful but you didn't used to be a spice girl so can you no. give can you give us the rundown of how your journey started yeah so yesterday not yesterday literally but <laughs> two and a half years ago I was an assistant principal at a high school enjoying it, loving it. I love kids. I love education. I just knew I would die an educator. Like mm. that is how deeply and strongly I believe in education and kids. But I walked past a vacant building and saw a for lease sign. And I had never inquired about a commercial space ever in life. I was leaving a nail salon. I saw the space. I happened to call and not knowing what to do, I just asked the guy, the landlord, how much is it? And I thought he could tell me, like an apartment. You call, they tell you the rent, you move in or you don't. Right. Um, and he's like, well, I need to know what you want to do with the space first before I tell you the price. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I have no idea. I just want to, you know, know the price. And he's like, well, you know, you figure it out. We're making a decision by Tuesday. We have a couple other folks interested. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to open a spice shop. And I called my husband. I called my best friend. And I'm like, yo, I'm about to open a spice shop. And they were like, where did that come from? You never said that before. What is a spice shop? What does that even mean? Right. And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to do it. A couple of days later, I went by, I saw the space and I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm for sure doing this. Mm -hmm. Three and a half weeks later, I opened a spice shop. A month and a half later, I was no longer an assistant principal and I was a full time spice girl. That is just, can we talk about leap of faith? <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. It's so interesting when our energy or 
our being is like being pulled in a different direction mm -hmm. and you were in the right place at the right time and you clearly had something on your heart. So have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur or did it just yeah. overtake you? Like how were you able to be like, I'm going to call this guy and then on the whim be like, it's going to be a spice shop. Like, do you have like what? What happened? I just am so interested to know. It's so crazy. So I have had a business before. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, um, she and I used to do, but it was youth related. Mm -hmm. We worked um, with young people who were exiting juvenile jails to help them to identify appropriate school placements. So that is, I thought that if ever I were back in entrepreneurship, it would be in that lane. Mm -hmm. Because again, I love education, love kids. Um, nothing culinary other than my business dinner date that I also started pretty randomly cooking after I had my son I started to cook more I wanted him to enjoy good food real food homemade food mm. and then I also don't have a ton of like support in terms of babysitters right mm. so my husband and I couldn't really get a date night so what I did was I learned how to make my food pretty so I would plate my food and that became our date night so dinner time was date night at home because I made this pretty kind of restaurant style looking dish mm -hmm. and we would sit down and eat so that was kind of the love of food. And then when I saw the space, the idea for a spice shop was just so random. I still don't know where it came from. <laughs> like, I have no idea. I didn't frequent spice shops. Um, so it's not like I grew up going to spice shops and I always had this idea for one. Mm -hmm. I've probably been in a spice shop maybe twice. And that was because I saw a Groupon for one in past years. So wow. I didn't have any blueprint for this. It was just going with it. That is yeah, Th that is wonderful. My, my mom and I stopped in. Sure. Yeah. Um, and she was saying, you know, I want to go to Tacoma Park. There's this new spice shop open, and you know, she's always wanted to try new things. And yeah. I think we had Charlie with us, uh -huh. my daughter, yeah. um, my oldest. And we came in, and it's just so fun and yeah. welcoming and beautiful. And Thank you. I'm just like, there's spices and sugars and <laughs> everything everywhere, yeah. and it just made me feel like home yeah. and my mom was so thrilled to go <laughs> home with a bag of goodies and what would you say has been your biggest blessing as far as connecting with the community and making sure. you know because when people leave your shop they're taking a piece of you home absolutely and they're using what you've created to cook food and food in turn builds community right yeah. Yeah. how have you felt the blessings from being able to dive into the community with your spice offerings. Yeah. So I have been very intentional about bringing community into the spice suite. Mm -hmm. um, I go out in the community and volunteer at least weekly in juvenile jails, mm -hmm. in schools, in communities, homeless shelters. Um, that is just my life. I've always loved that. I continue to do that. Um, but what I did maybe a few months into opening the spice suite, maybe two or three months in, I realized I wanted to host black business owners for free to do pop up shops because I'm looking around and I'm like, there are a lot of spices, but there's also a lot of space. Like there's a lot of space here that is being underutilized. Mm. I had these funky tables and chairs and space for people to be and commune, but it wasn't being used in that way. So I decided to put a call on um, Instagram and I allowed black business owners to come and pop up with their products free of charge. And I think when I said free, of course, everybody jumped on it mm -hmm. and I didn't think anything of it because I didn't realize that folks were paying to vend or paying to oh, do yeah. pop up shops and it's expensive mm -hmm. and I didn't know that but it never occurred to me to charge people for that mm -hmm. like this is my way of paying it forward this is my way of thanking the universe for even allowing me to be in this space to be in position to help anybody mm. um, and to date I have had 
over 200 small businesses pop up in the Spice Suite for free. Um, 20 of them I now call Spice Girls. They are full-time professionals, part-time creatives, and I have a barter model for my business. So these 20 women, um, I've hand-selected them. They've popped up at the store. I felt their energy. We were vibing. And so I invited them to a regular space to pop up at the Spice Suite. So like every first Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, Mm -hmm. they get a set space so nobody can compete with them for that. And they um, share the space with me. And in exchange for them being there, I don't. So I now only work eight hours a week in the store because I have 20 Spice Girls who run the store when I'm not there. And their benefit is that they get to use the space to sell their products and benefit, of course, from my customer base that is growing and come in. And they get access to the space outside of um, store hours. I used to rent the space and I no longer rent it because I've now reserved it just for the Spice Girls. So if they want to host a Monday night sipping shop or, you know, a class, they can do it free of charge. It's kind of a benefit to this Spice Girl membership almost mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that we have. So community has become synonymous with Spice Suite in Mm. my mind. And I'm hoping that that becomes how folks see it, you know, kind of worldwide, citywide. However, you know, this continues to grow and expand. That is that is brilliant. (laughs) That is brilliant. So let's talk education and being an assistant principal. Yeah. (laughs) How was it leaving your kids and your job? Leaving my kids, that was it. Like, it felt like leaving my kids. Like, mm-hmm. those were my babies. Um, and it was a difficult decision because I left in the kind of beginning, middle of the school year. Um, and I, on October 31st, on Halloween, I left. Um, and it was a very difficult space to be in because I love these kids. Um, it is what I felt like I was put here to do. Um, so walking away from that felt so contrary to everything I believed myself to be. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was going in a direction without any clarity, but for some odd reason, I felt okay enough to do it, mm-hmm. right? Like while I didn't know where I was going, I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't have a business plan, a budget, an advisor, a mentor. I Like I had nobody. It was just me. I didn't even know where I was going to get a spice from. Um, or a bottle. Like, I had no idea what I was doing mm-hmm. at all. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was just, like, aimlessly wandering and clearly in the right direction. But leaving those kids was difficult. But what I appreciate is that I am still able to connect with those kids. Like, because I'm not in the school with them, but I immediately reached out to the teachers at the schools. Like, bring them over. Let's have them come and talk to me about business, about entrepreneurship, whatever I know about it, you know, right Right, now. So all of my kids have come. Every school I've worked at has brought kids to my space at some point in the past two and a half years for me to meet with them and talk to them. Or I've gone to them to talk about my journey and leaving them. And and what that breakup was like for us. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what it is. It's a a breakup. It's a transition. Yeah. A lot of entrepreneurs don't know where to start. Yep. And because they don't know where to start, it's extremely intimidating. Yep. I mean, you just said you didn't even have a bottle. You didn't have a spice. Yep. How did you find your way? I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I found it. I think what I know I have done is every day taking a small step in the direction of this new dream. Mm. So I don't know that I, you know, I didn't have a, a thought out plan I know that I knew I needed a bottle, you know, so it was just like day one, step one, find a daggone bottle. Right. Like, (laughs) you know, find a bottle that you like. And that bottle has now changed four times, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. so it's start imperfect, but start. Right. And that's okay. Um, Find a spice. So I started finding like wholesale distributors and finding spices. And then 
like maybe three months into it, I'm like, this is so not me. Mm. Like these bottles don't look like me ordering these spices online. Like that's kind of whack. Like you can get that anywhere. Mm. And so I was like, I should just go and get the spices. Like my husband's from Trinidad. We should just get the curry from Trinidad. And two and a half years later, we've been to about 15 countries to get spices. So now about every 45 to 60 days, we go to another country and get spices. We've gone to Egypt mm-hmm. and Morocco and uh, Bermuda, and we go all over the world vacationing and looking for spices. Um, and so it's evolving. Like I am learning how to run a business as I run this business, mm-hmm. and I'm not afraid to make mistakes. Like I am totally okay with putting on Instagram that my bottles have changed or I have new labels. I'll have new labels in two weeks, you know, and that's that'll be the third or fourth iteration of them. And I'm okay with it because I'm also very transparent with my customers and my Instagram followers about my journey. So I'm very clear that I'm learning. I don't make people think that I'm a professional Mm -hmm. at this and that I know it or I'm an expert at it. Um, I haven't even had much time to pause and read a book about it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just going. Yeah. Um, And at some point I'll sit down and I'll pause um, and think this through a bit more. But for now, I'm just living that's awesome yeah do you love discovering new products are you a beauty and fashion maven constantly on the hunt for the next best thing ever read about or spot something online that you've always wanted to try but never have then you might love fabfitfun it allows women everywhere to discover new products as well as including rave review and must-have brands that you know and love. It's like Christmas four times a year. Stumped on gift ideas? FabFitFun is also a great gift for someone you love. You can surprise your mom or sister with this awesome summer box packed with great items. Do you have a daughter who's going to college maybe or a friend who's a new mom? FabFitFun is an awesome care package. My last box came with this beautiful lotus towel. It was blue and it's shaped like the flower and it has a gorgeous design in the middle. That's something we've been laying out on the deck and relaxing on for a few weeks now. So what I love about FabFitFun is that they offer full-size products, no samples of anything. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200 plus in retail value. The summer 2019 box has a total retail value between $269 to $467. That's fantastic. Treat yourself with items in it, such as the Sutra Professional Mini Travel Blow Dryer, the beautiful Vicks Paula Lotus Towel, or the West Elm Indigo Tie-Dye Bowls. Many of the product's individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. You can customize your box by choosing some products and some add-ons with each one. Or you can be surprised. It's great for discovering new brands and new products. What a better way to shop. I'm looking forward to my next box because they're always so different and packed with things I can actually use. I like to share the items in my box with my 11-year-old. She's really into skincare these days. We recently got a clay mask and a foot mask and a body scrub. She loves them all. The FabFitFun 2019 Summer Box is on sale now. So sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. You can use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun to sign up and get started. Use promo code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. 
I do want to talk about your journeying to different countries mm. to collect these spices and bring home yep. a piece of someplace else. Yep. When did you first start doing that in the in the two and a half year journey of Spice Sweet? And what did that first curation collection of international spice feel like for you? Yeah. So I probably traveled maybe within the first nine months or so. Um, but before that, it was really interesting because I put on social media that I was opening this space and a guy that I met, a comedian, both that I met weirdly in the grocery store, didn't know who he was. He didn't know who I was. He was asking for advice with picking out produce. I ended up helping him, giving him a recipe. We exchanged numbers, strictly platonic. You know, he just wanted a recipe. He was trying to cook. Mm-hmm. We ended up connecting on Facebook maybe a few months before I opened the store. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was in the military. He saw my post about opening the store. He's like, yo, I'm in Kuwait. There's spice markets all over. I didn't even know about this world, right? I didn't know anything about it. He's like, let me help you. Let me send you some spices. He sent me boxes of spices. Like every single time he travels, he sends me boxes of spices. So he's the one who put it on my mind to even go and get spices. And he was just this random person mm-hmm. that I met. We Look ended up connecting that. on Facebook. Oh my He goodness. sends me my first set of spices internationally. And now, even two and a half years later, he sent me spices from at least four or five countries. That. So this kind of feels right. Like yeah, this feels for sure. right. It may not have, you know, quote unquote business plan. It may yep. not be by the book, yep. but it feels good. For sure. Not only are you offering community, you're building community yep. and you're learning lessons along the way. Yeah. And people are standing with you. The Absolutely. fact that he, you know, is in the military and is traveling to these faraway lands and you pop into his mind yeah. like that. And he won't let me pay him for it. <laughs> like that's I, I keep trying, and he won't let me pay for it. He keeps like rejecting it, and it, I'm just so grateful and overjoyed at the way that this journey, this life journey, is unfolding for me, and the freedom that this space has allowed me. Um, I feel so free and so connected at the same time, mm-hmm. um, and it just feels really good. So your first box of spices from Kuwait. Yeah. Do you remember what was in them? There was yep biryani, um, a masala. Some what was it? Oh, duca. Mm-hmm. That was it. Was a spice called duca. Um, he sent me those three spices, wow. and he sent me about a kilo of each of those spices. Oh, so that goodness. was also my introduction to understanding how much of a spice I need because I didn't even know, you know, in terms of spice, I didn't even have a scale in the store, so mm-hmm. I didn't even know what that meant, like how much of a spice I needed. So he taught me so much, and I don't even think he realized that he taught me so much through sending me those spices. And now I'm just. Now on my own, oh just my wandering goodness. the world. Um, we literally look and find cheap flights and we take trips. And the moment we land, we ask our taxi driver, where do you get spices here? Wow. And we go. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, okay. So I have so many questions just floating <laughs> in my mind. What is your favorite thing to cook? with? Your, and what are your favorite spices? Because I know that you are kind of a chef. Yeah, you're a home chef cook, ish. chef-ish, <laughs> home cook. Your food yeah. always looks amazing. I feel like I want to eat my phone every time <laughs> I see it. And I am just so excited that we connected because you told me I could come over for dinner. And I'm just Whenever. like, listen, <laughs> getting this tummy ready. But what's your favorite meal to cook and what's your favorite spice to use? I don't know that I have a favorite meal to cook. I just love to cook and have fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I just take whatever's in my fridge, whatever's at the market. I love um, local markets. I love farmer's markets. I see what I see, 
and then I take it home and I literally just try things. Mm-hmm. I explore and the same with the spices. I um when I was on Master Chef last year, um Wait, my th- excuse me? So I was on Master season eight of Master Chef. So Okay, so false. guys <laughs> So okay. she just threw that in there and I did I had no idea. Oh, okay. So let's talk, Okay, so let's rewind. Master yes. Chef yes. season eight. Yes. How did you get there? Clearly, guys, so here's the thing. I don't really do research on my guests. We just come in and yeah, we sit down and we, and we talk. talk like girlfriends. Yep. So this is new for me, just like it's going to be new for you when you hear it. How was that? How did you? What? It was That was another random thing. Um, so I had never watched MasterChef. I knew of Gordon Ramsay, knew of his other shows. Um, and I saw on, online a call, a DC casting call. I w- did not plan to apply for it. So many people were tagging me in it. And I'm like, I don't want to do this because I've seen these like American Idol style shows where folks are lined up for mm. days and hours. And I'm like, I'm not about that life. <laughs> I don't line up for shoes, for phones, for clothes. That's not my life. Or MasterChef. Or MasterChef, right? <laughs> I'm not doing it. And so I um, kept doing it. And one of my girlfriends, she wanted to do it. And I was like, okay, if you apply, I'll apply. And I applied and then I wasn't going to go. The day before the casting call, the producer called me and said, can we offer you VIP admission to the casting call? And I was like, um, sure, but what does that mean? Mm. And they were like, you don't have to stand in line. You get there, you show this. Um, they'll walk you in because you have to make your food beforehand and you have to find a way to keep it hot or cold, which is also why I didn't want to do it. Like, you got to have a cooler or a heater. It's a um, lot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, but when they say you can walk your food in, that means I can make it at home. I'm down the street and just drive it down. I don't have to worry about it. So that's what I did. And then one call led to another call and one room to the next room. And before I knew it, I kept getting called back and making more dishes and more dishes and interviews and videos. And it was just going so fast. And then I received this letter like, we're inviting you to L.A. Um, pack your bag. You can be here any day, anywhere from one day to, you know, several months. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what, what just happened? Like, I didn't even I was so busy sending videos and, you know, making food and sending pictures that I didn't even realize right. I was on this journey. And I ended up in L.A. Um, and 100 people, you know, as folks who watch the show know, get invited to L.A. And while you're there, there's a lot of cooking to make it to the top 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I made it to the top 40 slot. And then I got to compete on air for an apron. That was when my journey ended um, on MasterChef. But I was just so grateful for even that, that opportunity to be on MasterChef because I got to cook with and alongside some amazing chefs, get mentored in a way mm. that I not before. I'd never taken a culinary class in my life. Mm-hmm. So that was like my culinary class. Um, and being in L.A. with some super dope people. Like I made friends for life um, on MasterChef. That angel... This is ma- like this literally sounds like magic and like divine yeah. alignment yeah. all yeah. the way. Yeah. That, that's awesome. <laughs> First of all, I'm blown away and I'm just just so in love with this conversation right now. I recently started wearing a new bra by Third Love and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the Fit Finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my Third Love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date, and it's actually a pretty fun experience. 
I answered a few simple questions and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall, find your fit with their online fit finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on Third Love was the 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. What's not to love? Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heygirl for 15% off today. I want to switch gears a little bit. Sure. Can you give us some background about your childhood and the steps you've taken to become the woman you are today? Sure. So I was raised in D.C. Um, by my grandparents. My parents were in and outs of availability. Um, my father was in jail practically my entire childhood. Um, my mother has battled with drug addiction still my entire life. Um, so my grandmother raised me, my two of my brothers, my cousins, her children. So there were a lot of us in the house growing up. My childhood was interesting because I didn't ever feel like I struggled. Like, I don't have this story of, like, poverty and lights being off and no food. Mm. Um, there was just this very very much an issue of, like, emotionally being without. Mm. Like, I did not have my mother around. So there were things that I always wondered about myself that I, you know, I wondered, like, I wonder if I get that from my mom. Mm. Like, I wonder if my mother's like that. And we didn't have this, you know, relationship. She wasn't around, so I didn't know. And as I got older... I appreciated my grandparents and their sacrifice so much more. When I was younger, I was just, you know, I had an attitude. I had a nasty mouth. I was not a pleasant little girl at all. Mm -hmm. um, I've grown and evolved and changed a whole lot and have been very intentional about becoming the woman that I am right now, mainly for my brothers. Um, my brothers, I have two brothers. Well, I have three brothers. Two of my brothers are serving life in prison. Um, one is serving 45 years and the other 79 years. I have a sister who... Um, my mother had 17 years ago. Um, she's been missing since she was one. So I've been looking for my sister for about, uh, I'm not going to cry today. It's okay. It's okay. Take your time. <laughs> so... <clears throat> I've been looking for my sister for about 10 years. It's okay. And um, I was working at a youth jail, and my principal, um, David Domenici, his wife is an amazing attorney, and he also is an attorney. He connected me with now D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine. Um, Mr. Racine used to be a partner at Venable Law Firm, and he 
pro bono tried to help me find my sister and um they practically concluded that like they don't know where she is like she probably was like sex trafficked um or maybe sold on the black market because her social security number did not register anywhere like in the fbi database it never registered at any school any hospital so she's never been in school never received any medical treatment so um i'm not sure where she is so i think part of my love for working with children mm-hmm. has been trying to identify kids like me or kids like her mm-hmm. um every time i find like difficult girls I see me in those girls because I was so difficult and I was so angry. Um, and when I see boys, I recognize my brothers because my brothers always, they were always like the sweetest people to me. Mm-hmm. Like I never saw them as these like evil people that, you know, society saw them as. I remember sitting in the courtroom with my baby brother when he was sentenced um, to life in prison and the judge said like you don't ever deserve to see the light of day again mm. you're a menace to society and I just sat there like crying and I was supposed to give my character um, statement mm. to try to help with his sentencing and I couldn't even speak and I live with so much regret around that sometimes mm-hmm. because I'm like Maybe if I said something, maybe if I told them about our father who hadn't been there or my mother who hasn't been there or the fact that I'm sitting in this courtroom while my brother's facing life in prison by myself, that maybe he might not be doing life in prison. And that's always been so hard for me to accept um, to the point where my baby brother has been locked up for about 10 years, my oldest brother about 16 years, and I've not gone to see either of them. Like, I'm not ready to see them. And they get upset with me about it, and they hate it, but I'm just not ready. I'm not ready. Like, I would do this. Like, I would just sit and cry the whole time, and it would just be a waste of both of our time. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Thank you. My goodness. Thank you. I'm over here. Like, we're just crying in here. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Because, you know, I always say we are never alone in our struggle and we never know what someone else's journey is. So just from the outside looking in, you're this successful business owner. You are this beautiful, kind, warm woman with a story, Mm -hmm. a story that may not always be recorded in a studio or put on social media or shared. And the fact that you are opening up and sharing not only with me, but with the women who are going to be listening to this episode, it brings me so much joy that you have trusted me enough to share that part of your journey because you are possibility. The fact that other women are going to listen to this, other women of color are going to listen to this and see themselves in your story, in my story, in our story. That is community building there. And, um, with that said, I, you know, of course, I'm going to want to have you back to talk about more. Um, but with with what you just shared, how has your upbringing shifted the way you parent your son? So much. Um, I am 
because I didn't have like clear examples of like what I thought ideal parenting looked like, mm. I have become so intentional and so deliberate about the way that I parent my son. Um, the things that we expose him to. My husband is an amazing father. Um, and he also didn't have, you know, these very clear examples either. So there's sometimes when we're looking at each other like what are we supposed to do? And he's like, we laugh and we're like, I don't know, let him do it. Like, we just let him do, you know, he's seven now, so we're just like, I don't know, let him try it. Like, let's just see how this, you know, how this goes for us. Mm. Um, And there are other times when we're sitting, you know, late at night when he's sleeping and we're in the bed and we're talking like, okay, so listen, like, let's let's figure this thing out. Like, let's put together a plan. What mm. do we want him to do? Um, You know, especially around that time years ago when we were trying to find schools for him, I was like, I want him to be bilingual. Like, that's the way that things are going now. You know, I was in education. I'm like, he needs to know another language. So we found a caretaker. One of my friends, her grandmother doesn't speak English. So she kept him since he was about three months old. We put him in a school that was dual language. So he's now there. Um, And then we always, in terms of education, of course, because that's my background, Mm -hmm. like that was easy for me to be able to teach him how to read and how to write and that sort of thing. And he got last, I guess two months ago, he got skipped. Um, and wow. that was just like a big thing for us. And not because we think that our child is this genius, but because he's a little black boy mm. um, being raised by parents who weren't raised by parents, mm. you know, and that just meant so much to us. Mm. Um, and we were like, you know, I think I had dinner scheduled that evening with one of my girlfriends and I texted her and I was like, we can't do dinner tonight. Caden got skipped. Like we need to celebrate. Like this is a big day for us. Yes. You know, it just meant so much to us. So the way that we parent him, um, in some ways, it's like we pat ourselves on the back. And other times we're nervous because it's like he's still so young and so innocent. And at some point he's going to grow up and he's going to learn things and experience things that we can't shield him from. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a fine balance of like allowing him to be free enough um, that he gets to explore and learn but shielding him just enough that his innocence is still intact Mm -hmm. and he knows that he's like always going to be my baby Mm -hmm. if nobody else thinks so like he'll be my baby that is exactly how I feel about Charlie my oldest who's 10 and it's just you know she's she's a kid like she's a kid's kid she is just I don't even know how to explain it like her innocence is still intact and it's just for her being a little black girl, that means so much yeah. to me. You know, yeah. like she is a kid's kid. She dresses yeah. like a kid. She's into kid things. Yeah. And that's a privilege that we yeah. have to be able to have our children be children. Yeah. That's, you know, that's an honor. Yeah. You know, for sure. that's just oh, that's just so wonderful. Yeah. And I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So as we wrap up, we've talked about everything from food, <laughs> spices, master chefing, <laughs> parenthood, childhood. Yeah. What gives you peace of mind as you're journeying through the day? Knowing that I can't. Mm. Like, I really just feel like I can do anything. And not because I think I'm superhuman or because I think I'm superwoman, um, but because I have such a dope tribe of people around me that I feel like no matter what I say I want to do, I have people who will cheer me on, hold me up, um, stand alongside me, be it my husband, the Spice Girls, my girlfriends, my guy friends. Um, I really just feel like I can do it. And I think because I don't have any doubts about what I can do or where life will take me, I feel so free. Like, I don't feel any inhibitions. I don't feel 
and no part of me feels scared about taking the next step. I don't feel scared if the spice sweet ends tomorrow and I have to go in a different direction. Like mm-hmm. I'm okay with it because I know I can do something else. And I think everything about my journey to date has showed me that like nothing about my childhood indicated that I would be the mom that I am. Mm-hmm. Nothing about, you know, my degrees, you know, I went to Howard and spent all this money on multiple degrees to be, you know, in psychology and education. And I end up a Spice Girl. So nothing has seemed to go in the way that I thought it would. And what that taught me is like, stop thinking so much. Just live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just do it. And that brings me peace. Just knowing that things might not go the way I think, but the chips will fall where they should. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Angel, for being with us today. Please tell the Hey Girl listeners where they can find you on social media. Yep. My Instagram is the Spice Suite. Sweet like a hotel suite. S U I T E. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Hey Girl podcast is a member of the District Productive, produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own Kokai. (laughs) 